So mindful awareness on the body and on the breathing. And so you know, we can actually start to just tune into the basic energy groundedness of the body. And that's a tremendous source of st- stability. It's always, in my opinion, the, the home base to come back to. <coughs> When there's some greater calm or coming out of agitation, coming out of the kind of major um, overwhelm experiences we can be in, then mindful awareness of the mind, mind states. So, jitta sankara, this is the mental um, triggers, the mental, the trigger the mental states particular impressions, mental feelings, emotions, and so on. Mm. So what we walk around, when we walk around, what we sit in, is often a mixture of bodily experience, mental experience. Probably for most people it's largely either the mental thing is what they're most uh, attuned to so you make a kind of deliberate effort to come into the bodily sense and then from there you can be, when you've got that kind of resource you start to look into the mental sense the mental mood, tones, perceptions impressions, feelings and you see how these this colours everything doesn't it you know so even when you walk around outside, walking on the, um, doing walking meditation, you say what you know what space you're walking in. It's just nothing much really. But then imagine if that if you're that walking path, which may only be a foot wide, if that were over a ten thousand foot gorge, <laughs> suddenly it would seem a very very narrow path. When it's on flat on the terra firma, it just seems like nothing special. And it would be exactly the same width. And yet probably if it was the same path over a 10,000 foot gorge, you have a lot more difficulty walking on it. It suddenly seemed incredibly narrow. What happened? Mm. Perceptions. Perceptions of fear, loss of life, danger, threat came in. And that affects the, the mind, it affects the body. You might find yourself even falling over. In sitting, you know what, uh, where you feel you are. Do you feel you're in a warm place, a friendly place, uh, um, a no-pressure place, or do you feel it's somewhere you've got to come up with something, produce something, be as good as the next, make sure you turn up on time. These kind of stuff. Do you sit in that? Mm. So it's really. You see how these kind of things, uh, which may not even be that vocal, they can be just sub, they're not necessarily being thought, but somehow felt. Odd one out, not welcome, not doing good enough, those kinds of experiences. This is the mental karma that we walk around inside and it tints our world. So the important 
um, important of just uh, acknowledging and also providing supportive perceptions. So you don't just keep sit sitting in the old karmic bathwater wondering why it doesn't get any cleaner. So practice of kindness beginning at home. My general advice is to first of all receive it. Allow yourself to receive it. And uh, so you just bring up that impression. What what does it feel like? What does it feel like being given something? You know, free will. You know, one of those silly cars that say you're the greatest in the world. <laughs> Bunch of flowers. Glad to see you. That kind of impression you bring up. That impression. What what's that moment like? We've probably hopefully had one of those moments in our lives. <laughs> you know, what's it feel like when it's coming this way instead of something else that you've got to do to 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 support others or to so forth. What's it like coming this way? So you can bring up a very simple idea and even image or a recollection like that. What's it like to be to be given to? Hmm. Yes. Then you, as you've lengthened and steadied your attention span, just able to to dwell in that impression. So as you dwell in that, how does it feel in your body? Do you feel any sense a little more relaxed or brightened up, less contracted? So we all know when we feel loved. We start to glow, you know, you ting- get a kind of tingling. At least I do, anyway. And so you get this kind of something in the nervous system seems to t- tone up. You feel appreciated, uh, valued, loved, respected, given, you know, particularly touching acts of kindness that come not because you've you know, because you've done something, but just free will. There's no, it doesn't, so it's not a deserve it. It's not an auction. You know, how much were you worth today? <laughs> just a sense of free will. Not what you've done, but what you are. You know, uh, how that how that feels. Mm. So you recollect that something. You can sense something happens in your whole system. Just suddenly tones up. This is the, to my mind, this is where the metta bhavana begins. And sustaining, uh, sensing that, and as you get more attuned to the whole process of practice, also feeling, letting your body feel that. So if it's embodied, it's even better. Because it, it it sort of retains longer and it stays there, and you you've come out of 
perhaps senses that we can have of having to hold our own and be tough or manage or be responsible or not be weak or you know this kind of hardened senses that we get we get shell-like and um, <laughs> you know how uh, you know there's, there's times when it's like that time when it's you you have to toughen up fair enough but also the times we've got to take that off just to feel um warmed loved appreciated with no particular effort and why not why not you see things like squirrels i was even looking at some of the rats running around here they're kind of cute little creatures <laughs> I mean to me they're just like mice I don't have a, an instinctive aversion to them but you put a, get a rat and put a bit of fur on its tail and call it a squirrel it becomes cute <laughs> you want to have one fur on your shoulder if it's a rat you wouldn't have one fur on your shoulder they're more or less the same <laughs> but perception of squirrel is different from perception of rat isn't it and actually, s squirrels are just as nasty and vindictive and vicious. <laughs> Greedy. <laughs> and so what a little bit of fur does for you. <laughs> a cat, we have a cat gompo, who keeps no precepts, <laughs> attends no pujas, follows no instructions, is completely selfish, doesn't follow community routines, everybody loves her. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have. I don't think I'm going to want to sprout fur, you know. <laughs> what a perception can do. Perception of, you know, cuddly, lovely to touch. So you get this tremendous uh, swelling out of um, loving kindness. I think because also people we like to love things we feel when we can do that we like to be able to do that because it brings up this kind of joyful bright energy that's why you know when we have pets and things of this nature something you can love uh, and you can have a dog they actually love you back the cats don't seem to care <laughs> uh, dogs look at you with these great kind of affectionate eyes so what's that like? You, know, you can't imagine human beings doing it. Can you imagine your dog, a dog looking at you like that? Just that, that feeling. It's really it's called. It begins like that. Just playing with perceptions to to get uh, a sense and and to actually realise, wow. I don't normally feel like that. I was, what do I, what do I feel kind of life's tough and difficult. And so I've got to make it. Keep going. You, know, you carry this kind of grim, pickled uh, perception, live inside a pickled onion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what do you want to live with, really? Mm. It's not being sort of Pollyanna and, and naive, but uh, just the sense how much, how much shell do you need at any given moment? Isn't it better to have skin, which can you know, tighten but loosen, can open, you know. So you, you're actually not just carrying around um, stuff that you don't need that's actually 
restricting your your energy, restricting your joy, limiting your mental capacities. When we use a lot of willpower in our lives, most of us, I'm sure, we have the human resource of willpower, which is something you you know you need. As for those times when you've you know twisted your ankle halfway up a mountain or something, you've got to get down or it's an emergency. But it seems that a lot we run on willpower, perhaps a lot more than is good for us. You know, going to grind through a day, no matter what those kinds of uh, actions. So again, you can be left in a residual willpower bubble. And the willpower means the very limited receptivity. That's the idea of it. So you don't feel the pain or the discomfort because your aim is just to push through. So if you're an athlete, for example, you've got to you know, have that. We almost deliberately um, use it to, to shut off the feeling the receptivity. So when you live on willpower a lot of the time, or then that definitely affects your receptivity and you get a sense of it's all very isolated. It's me on my own doing, and there's nothing here to support me. These senses can occur. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, you know, a bit grim, isn't it? <coughs> and is it, it's not even true. You know, all of us are deriving benefit from the planet, each other, the environment, society we live in has its beneficial aspects as well as its negative aspects. We actually are living in a mutual thing. So to be able to kind of open up to the the gentleness, the steadiness, the lovingness that there is, the friendliness that there is, the goodwill that there is, so you're coming into really just trying to find the the balance to let go of old karmic perceptions that become life messages and perhaps the uh, one of the useful things to work on is just the sense of it coming to you because I, I think uh, most of us or many of us we get our joy out of doing things for others which is great isn't it? and yet do you let others do things for you do you acknowledge that do you, can you open to that it's a little more vulnerable more open and this is then, then if there's that imbalance you really love and you get a lot of happiness out of serving others, looking after others, looking for others' welfare makes you feel good. Great, very good. Now can you also turn it the other way? So it's to others as to myself. Can you enjoy, can you allow yourself to enjoy, can you allow yourself to feel worthy of others' respect, affection, care, rather than being a nuisance and a burden, not wanting to take up their time and so forth. <laughs> So, why do we defend ourselves against benevolence? Why does it can feel even intrusive, embarrassing?
perhaps why isn't even the right question, but to get a sense of that, of you know, as if it somehow uh, threatens our autonomy, or you know, makes us too suddenly you become too emotional or too um, too affected. But then this is the the theme to others as to myself. If it's only to myself, I d- then uh <laughs> you know that's not that's not really kindness, that's just uh, sort of nar- narcissism. If it's only to others, that's imbalance, it's not um it becomes more like altruism. But kindness is the mutual and a, a real sometimes humbling acknowledgement to that to the ego sense that that uh you know i need others as much as they need me it's need you know that i can receive from others as much as i can give to others and that's part of the beauty part of the humility part of the selflessness of what we're in it is a non-self you know in other words it's not there's a big differentiation and I am one thing and everybody else is another thing. There's a sense of just, you know, the quality of being able to, to let go of that mm. to others as to myself. This can be the hardest bit for people to experience kindness when you're just sitting here, when you're not doing something to deserve it or earn it. Cats don't have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe just bringing up memories, times when that has been that shown, or imagining what it's like if... Steadying in that, relaxing into that. Letting the mind open into that. Seeing how it um, affects the mind states, the mental energy. Maybe it just uh, softens it, brightens it, eases it. But it isn't really about, you know, really trying to change anything, but just to let yourself sit in that, and that uh, quality, breathing it in, breathing it out. Practice of kindness. Kindness when you make a mistake. Kindness when your mind wanders. So, the sense of the, you know, meditation is in a way the art of making 
with life being a continual mistake, series of mistakes, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the mind seems to be just one mistake after the the next, because it, you know, and then the, the the response to that is, oh, looks like I had a bit of a tumble here. Let's pick you up. <laughs> you know, that's a different. You know, it's in a way it's bringing the same quality, but well, it's bringing a different quality. It's still remedying attention, but it's more like, well, oh, come on, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should either regrets, recriminations, or punitive. But oh, it looks like you tripped up there. Let's go back. Welcome back home. You know, bringing it back with kindness, supportive. So then, actually, the the whole meditation experience can be this befriending that's so necessary if you befriend yourself the, uh, my sense is that the mind loses its ill will loses its tightness becomes actually a lot more agile and calm so you make less um, mistakes you stay on the ball more when you've got that supportive quality And you notice the non-mistake, the steadiness. Yeah. So when your mind is held in ill will, there's a tendency to to make more and note the things that weren't so good, rather than things that were okay or no problem or at ease. It's like when you review your meditation practice, I don't know about yourself, but my sense is that most people, you know, don't recognize how much they've blossomed or deepened in five, ten years. And actually appreciate that. Can still see the difficulties, but don't actually appreciate how much worse it could be or <laughs> where where they were at, you know, or where, what would have happened if you hadn't been doing this? <laughs> so that kind of mind can always see how it could be better. The complaining mind, the ungiving mind, the stingy mind, doesn't appreciate wow, this could really be a lot worse. You have all the faculties, you have this, that and the other. You've managed to refrain from acts of deliberate violence. And 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 that you're actually still you know, meditating and, and being able to sustain that and reflect and so forth. It's being able to appreciate, take in. Because there's no point, there's not, well, well there is some point, but it's 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 limited doing good and you're not actually taking it in it's rather like you're planting the, f- the seeds but you're not picking the fruit this is also part of kindness right? this ability to nourish yourself in your own goodness all this is really how you sustain Dhamma practice by sustaining yourself 